Our Heavenly Father, Two thousand and twelve has arrived with new opportunity to praise the Lord for his blessings. We are worshiping God because of his creation, redemption, and sustaining power. As Psalms twenty-four, one and two proclaim, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the water. At creation, God is the one who provided everything necessary in the environment for human existence. And he created all the sources of blessings for our lives, such as light, water, and plants. Everything that was created was a graphic lesson of how God cared for our lives. In Genesis 2, 8, and 9, the text says that God planted a garden so Adam and Eve could enjoy living in a wonderful environment. He gave them all kinds of trees, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. At that beginning, humanity was instructed to be a steward of his creations. This is found in Genesis 1.26. Today, as a consequence of the fall, humanity faces the consequences of sin and revealing God's character, Jesus Christ came to show that God is still the source of blessing, John 5.17. As we come to worship today and give our tithes and offerings for outreach and church budget, we want to recognize God as our creator, redeemer, and the source of all blessings. The deacons will now receive this morning tithes and offerings.
that you excel in this grace of giving, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. If the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Every, each man should give what he has, decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you as your sons and daughters who have been redeemed. We thank you, Lord, for bringing to this time of 2012. And Lord, we just pray a blessing upon your people today, O oh God, that you continue to be with us, continue to bless us, and Lord, deliver us from all financial oppression, that we might give testimonies of how good you are. We praise you and thank you, O oh God, for being in our lives. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. morning to our listening and viewing audience for joining us here at Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located at 1720 North J Street. Our contact number is 702-647-2627. Our website is www.abundantlifelv.org. We are pastored by Russell Lee Wards. Our associate pastor is Johnny Holliday, and our first elder is Clarence Brown. Today, Pastor Lee Wards will speak to us on a very important topic entitled, Come to the Table. Come to the Table. Communion is a time when the family of God comes together at the foot of the cross. Communion with other members of the congregation affects our communion with God. So whatever the cares of this world may bring, do not allow anything to interfere with you coming to the table. After our next musical selection, the next voice you will hear is that of Pastor Russell Lee Wars. Hear ye him. Thank you. 
price of one lost soul was more than wealth could buy and if redemption were ever bought only love could satisfy Amen. Say it with me. For God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Can somebody say amen? here and so because I'm here I want to offer the youth a challenge youth if you're age 10 between the ages of age 10 and uh, 18 just stand right now ages 10 and 18 I have a gift for you ages 10 and 18 10 and 18 all right. Thank you. Be seated. Now, now this gift has some conditions, obviously. I'm not Jesus. I'm Pastor Lee Words. 
has some strings. No, no. It's simply very easy. All you have to do is text me. Now, I know you're going to text, right? So you're going to text me the four points of my sermonette today. Yes. And this gift is monetary and can feed two. <laughs> it can feed two, Miko. Now, if you choose to take yourself, hey, that's all right. That's all right, Miko. So when I say A or B or C or D, those are my points, all right? Now, if you do anything other than that, if you text me anything other than that, we got a problem. You do not qualify. So when I get the text, my number is obviously 702-606-2455. 702-606-2455. Call me, or rather text me, because you like to text. Right, Principal Holiday? So do what we can. All right, all right, there it is. There it is, my four points. The most detailed ones, because you got texting for free, I get to understand. <laughs> will receive this prize. <laughs> all right, all right. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. I'm going to read this scripture here, then I'm going to pray, and we're going to launch out. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I want to start reading. I, I have my Bible on my phone, as do all of you. You version. And I'm reading the New King James Version. Verse 26, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And the Bible says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Verse 27, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man or woman examine himself. So, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For if he or she eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your Holy Ghost power. Come by now in a manifold, manifest way. So that we may be certain you're in our presence today. Touch our hearts and our minds right now. So that, Father, we may connect with the throne room of grace. Hear our prayer, we ask, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. You know, many times we end up, we end up, no, don't text me while I'm preaching. You'll distract me. All right? 
I'm going to put it down right here. Don't text me what I'm preaching. I haven't gotten to the point yet. All right. Many times we end up doing things for the wrong reasons. You would agree. Because no one ever stopped to ask why. We develop habits and traditions sometimes based on nothing more than false information. For instance, like soul food. Soul food, if you want it to taste right, you got to use Crisco. Am I right? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. They're listening, they're listening. Good Adventist people. Some people use different things in their cooking because that's how their mother did it. That's how grandmother made peach cobbler. That's how they made beans. That's how they made peas. Because that's the tradition. And nobody asked why you put so much butter in the meal or the pot. But what we know is whatever the tradition we have, it ought to make sense. You know that we, we eat a lot of goat in the Caribbean. And most people are afraid of goat meat. And uh, a good Guyanese friend over the holiday told me that Guyanese are afraid of the goat. They rear goats, but they won't eat the goat. So traditions... We often have certain traditions that often don't make sense to us. The disciples were instructed, however, to remember the death, resurrection, and return of Jesus. That's why the Lord's Supper is such, is such a powerful object lesson for all believers alike. Paul says, as oft as you do this, as often as you do this, Jaslyn, eat the bread, drink the wine, you show the Lord's death till he comes. Every time you participate in this service, you're not only remembering his death, but his soon return. Communion isn't just a celebration of his death, it's the affirmation of a promise. The death that's great. Jesus died. That's fine. We have no salvation without it, but the good stuff is still ahead of us. If Jesus just died, great, fine. Hallelujah. But what an event for all of us to see him return when the skies rip apart. And roll back as a scroll, we see Jesus returning. That's awesome. And awesome is just the best word I could find to describe the experience of what I, what I would, how I would feel when the mountains start to shake and the earth beneath me start shaking. Uh, what emotion will come over me to see Jesus return? 
Now, now, most people don't even want to talk about the return of Jesus anymore because, well, it's so far away and grandmother and great-grandmother, they've been talking about it. They did. And now we still, so we don't really talk about it as much as we used to. As if it is imminent. As if Jesus is almost there. Well, it gets better. It gets better today because Paul says, let a man examine himself. Now, now, just in case you think Paul is sexist, man there is simply a generic term. It means male and female. So our sisters got to examine themselves. We've got to examine ourselves. Now, a lot of us, when we hear that we need to examine ourselves, we start straightening up. We look to bolt for the door right after the benediction. A lot of us take off. And I think we do this because we don't understand what it means to us when Paul says to examine ourselves. We take flight to our vehicles. But I want to give us some hope and courage today. Look at the last phrase. It says, not deserving the, deserving the Lord's body. Not discerning the Lord's uh, uh, body. Not discerning the Lord's uh, body. The worthless, it's not about the worthiness I want us to know. Uh, uh, it's not about the sinlessness. It's about what Jesus is offering you at the table, which is why the sermon is entitled, Come to the Table. Come to the Table. If you know you need Jesus today, come to the table. If you know you're struggling right now, come to the table. Now you're wondering, how do I have the opportunity or why can I say come to the table with such confidence? Or why should you come boldly before the table? Well, let's go to the upper room. Let's go there in your mind. Jesus is gathering with his boys in the upper room. And they're there in the upper room. And they're chilling having a good time, and they're hanging out, having communion, the Lord's Supper. Peter was there. You know Peter. Big mouth, foul mouth Peter. You know Judas was there. Judas. Yes, Judas. Judas the thief was there. And it didn't say he stopped Stealing before he partook of the bread and drank of the wine. James and John, thugs of thunder, were there. Matthew, Matthew, Wall Street crook, was there. Are you listening to me? Simon the zealot. Old school Rambo never leaves his knife was there. Those who got the first communion, that's what we have before us today. And it gets worse. 
It gets worse because while they were sitting there arguing about who would be the greatest. I'm the greatest. And Jesus is there while they're talking. Washing their feet. And serving communion. That's what Jesus had to work with. What I'm about to say now is almost paradoxical. It's contradictory, Jaslyn. What I'm about to say. I didn't make it up. Paul did. So let's look at it real quick right here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 to 11. I'm in the same chapter, uh, 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 same book. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 to 11. Now Jesus was dealing with some unconverted folk, wasn't he? Some rough boys, rough people. Yet he washed their feet and served them communion. Then Paul says, Paul says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Then he says, no fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor some fruity guy, nor sodomites, fruity girl, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners. Woe on the, on the, on the people who, who have the, the, the mortgage, lend them money they couldn't afford to spend, will inherit the kingdom of God. And when you read this, you're saying, wait a minute. Paul, are you contradicting Paul? Uh, I mean, Paul, what are you saying? Uh, we see that Jesus, he did these things in the upper room. What are you saying? But verse 11 gives us, gives us the information we need. Verse 11, verse 11, verse 11. Verse 11 gives us some hope. It reminds us of who we are. Uh, Paul says, and such were some of you. And such was I. Do you see yourself in the list? Paul says, well, don't worry. But don't worry. He says, but, but. Now, when you hear but, something else is going to happen. But you were washed you are sanctified and you are justified in the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. The question I have for you today, do you want to be washed? Do you want to be sanctified? Do you want to be justified? If so, come to the table. Come to the table. Communion is for sinners. Now, if the hypocrites can't come to church, where are they going to go? <laughs> if they can't come to church, where are you going to send them? They need Jesus. We need Jesus. And if you have a need for Je if you don't have a need for Jesus, this is the wrong place for you. If you don't have... A need for Jesus. If you are sinless, communion is not for you.
If you've got problems, take the bread today. If you've got issues, drink the juice in confidence. And you'll be ready to walk in the presence of God. Desire of Ages, Desire of Ages, Desire of, I'm winding down. Desire of Ages, page uh, 656. Listen to this. Listen to this right here. I found this for you. Listen to this. Christ, quote, Christ, page 656. Christ, by the Holy Spirit, is there to set the seal to his own ordinance. He's there to convict and soften the heart. Not a look, not a thought of contrition or remorse escapes his notice. For the repentant, broken-hearted one, he's waiting. All things are ready for that soul's reception. He who washed the feet of Judas longs to wash every heart from the stain of sin. The author goes on, none should exclude themselves from the communion because some who are unworthy may be present. Every disciple is called upon, are you a disciple? Called upon to participate publicly and thus bear witness that he accepts Christ as a personal savior. It is at these, his own appointments, that Christ meets his people and energizes them by his presence. Jesus is here today. So leave now and you leave Jesus at the table. His invitation is come to the table. So why come to the table, you ask? Why come to the table, youth, young people? Why come to the table? A. A. Come to the table to remember. Remember that our salvation doesn't come from inside of us. It's only through the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. Jeremiah says, uh, Jeremiah says that we are stanky set of people that need to be cleansed. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? By looking back, by remembering Christ's death on the cross, we look away from ourselves, focus on the cross, the most incredible, audacious, and transforming news imaginable. The news of a God who does not sit isolated in his corporate headquarters, so to speak, far removed from the reality of our sins. But who is prepared to humble himself and die for an ungrateful creation? We come to the table to repent, examine ourselves. Come clean with ourselves, realizing that the service, the humility, and everything involved is not just a bunch of theological concepts. But these things must be incorporated in our daily lives. We repent of our selfish motives, our hurtful thoughts, wrong deeds. We turn down an incredible opportunity if we don't come. Come to the table. Come to the table and be clean. 
Come to the table and upload your mess to the great sin bearer. Come to the table. Come to the table so your felony can be clean. Your record can be clean. Only people with felonies will understand that. When you got a felony, you can't get no job. When you have a record, you can't get a job. Forget it about joining the police force. <laughs> when you've got a felony. But I suggest to all of us today, we all have felonies. We are all felons. And need Jesus to clean our record. So we come to the table. Feeling messed up today? Come to the table. Feeling unworthy, unwanted, unloved? Come to the table. Perhaps you cannot forgive what someone has done to you. Come to the table. We come to the table to be reconciled. United we stand, abundant life divided we fall. New memories of victories are added when you come to the table. Come to the table, new songs are written. Come to the table, our lives are changed. This is no time, Kerwin, for pity parties. This is no time for sorrowing. This is a time to rejoice. So C, come to be reconciled. Now D, come to rejoice. Jesus loved parties. You know that, right? And when Jesus holds a party, nobody has a hangover. Everybody leaves in their right mind. Everybody doesn't walk kind of stumbly all the time. Everybody leaves the party walking straight. Jesus loves parties. Jesus says rejoice. We come to the table to rejoice. Every time we participate in a supper, forgiveness becomes a reality. New memories of victories are added. Forget about your lamenting and your shortcomings. No dwelling on the past religious experiences, whether elevating or depressing. The ordinance of humility that we just did took care of that. Young people always ask me, Ew, we're going to wash feet. <laughs> and they look for the cleanest feet too, you know. <laughs> they make sure. <laughs> and look, they know the ones who do the petty regularly. See you next two weeks. See you next two weeks. Make sure that they find somebody with the cleanest toes. And they, and, and, and they search them out. They know them. Or they got the regular people who they wash their feet. You know, she's my regular partner, you know. Every communion. Come, Simone. We're going to wash feet together. Come, Sister Brown. We're going to have feet together. We're going to wash feet together. Or, or maybe, maybe they'll just step out and kind of hide in the shadows. And wait until the service is out. Then they roll back in. Cleansed. Or pretend to be cleansed. We rejoice. Because Jesus, as you know, the practice, the practice of washing feet, really, was left up to slaves. Which is why, which is why, 
when the disciples gathered together, they were expecting some slave to come in to wash feet. But Jesus, they looked around, looked around. Nobody coming to wash feet. What? What's going to happen? Jesus steps up, wraps the towel around his waist, kneels down, and washes the feet, dirty feet now. Not pedicured feet. <laughs> no, no, dirty feet. When they washed in that water, it was black at the end. Dirty feet. Symbolic of how dirty we are. When we come to Jesus and Jesus washes us clean. When he got to Peter, you know, big mouth. Peter now saying, no, 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 no. Uh-oh, no, Jesus. No, you're my master, man. You're my man. How are you going to wash my feet? Bring somebody in. Jesus said, now look, 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 Peter. Look, look, look. If I don't wash your feet, you are unclean. Oops. The light went off in Peter's head. Peter catches what Jesus is saying. Not, oh, this, this is not about washing feet. This is not about washing feet. Jesus is talking about transformation. Jesus is talking about conversion. And so Peter says, hold up, Jesus. Wait a minute. Wait a, hold, hold on. Not just my feet, not my right, not my left, not my right, not my right, not my left. The whole thing, Jesus. Do the whole thing. Cleanse me from the, from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Wash me thoroughly, Jesus. And when he's washed, everybody leaves rejoicing. Rejoice because every time we participate in the supper, we proclaim his death till he comes. Oh, <laughs> till he comes. Mm, till he comes. Till he comes. Paul didn't say if he comes. Paul didn't say if he comes. Paul didn't say in case he comes. He says till he comes. There's no doubt about the coming. That's why we come to the table. We're not sure what time and day and date, but I frankly don't care. As long as he comes, I'm cool with that. By his grace, I'm going to be at the supper in Revelation 9, 19, verses 7 to 9. Jesus gives us an invitation to come. Come to the table. And Jesus is having a Holy Ghost party. And the invitation, John says, goes out. And John says in verse 7, let us be glad. And then he says the word I like, rejoice. And give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Are you ready? Come to the table today. But he says something else there. John also says, I'm not only going to be blessed. You know, everybody want to be blessed. But, but, but John says, John says, change your name. You're no longer Eva. Call Eva blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got a name change. You've got a name change. 
See, your name could have been thief or deceiver like Jacob or something else. But Jesus says, you'll be called blessed. Not just, I'm going to be blessed, but my new name is blessed. A name change. This is only possible because the supper is a proclamation of what has happened and the promise of what will yet happen. So participate and partake. Eat up and drink up of the Lord's suffer, supper. We are not only looking back at, back at the cross, but we are looking forward to his coming again. So till he comes, uh, till he comes, I'm going to remember. I'm going to repent. I'm going to reconcile. And I'm going to rejoice till he comes. Come to the table. What can wash away my sins? What can make me whole again? Come to the table today. Can we sing one stanza of that, Sister Brown? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Today we are no longer in the shadow of the cross. We're in the light of Jesus. The son of righteousness. And I know somebody here today. I know somebody here today want to say yes to Jesus. How dare I speak about Jesus and not make an invitation of you to join him at this great marriage supper. Do you want to be there? Church, do you want to be at this marriage supper? Well, here is our rehearsal right now. Bible says, Bible says we're going to be transformed. We're going to be changed. That's what the emblems are for. That's what the, the bread, his broken body. That's what the grape juice unfermented representing his blood if your last wish or desire today if you had one ask for the blood of Jesus to cover you is there somebody here who wants that to be a part of the great marriage supper just raise your hand right now right across the room if you want to be a part of the great marriage supper hallelujah praise the Lord thank you heaven that's written in the annals the records of heaven i'm wondering if somebody here today just before i go down to the table with my elders maybe you want to join abundant life by learning some more doing some studies with our bible workers here today and you're prepared to take some studies Learn more about Jesus. Let's raise your right hand right now. You want to learn more about Jesus? Praise God. I see that hand right there. See that hand, Elder? Right there. Yes, my sister. Hold it up high. Put your name on there. I want to pray with you. Is there someone else today? I see that hand right there. I see your hand. Praise God, sister. Principal Holiday, come on and praise God for your student right there. There she is, saying yes to Jesus. Right there. See, she's saying yes to Jesus. Stand up. See, right there, saying yes to Jesus. Praise God. Right here. 
saying yes to Jesus. Raise your hand again, sister. Saying yes to Jesus, want to learn more. Right there. Right there. There it is. Praise God. Is there someone else? Maybe I overlooked your hand. Raise it again for me. You want to learn more about Jesus? That's all you want to do. You want to study his word? Our Bible workers are willing, well-trained, and able to do this. Hallelujah. Praise God, church. Praise God. I'm going to come on down with my elders right here, and we're going to partake together. Let us do that now as we sing with Sister Brown as she leads us. Nothing but the blood of Jesus Singing, oh precious is the flow That makes me white as Come on, sing it! No other fount I know Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace. Sing it. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness. Nothing. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, singing, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of let us pray. Father and our God, we thank you so much for your blood. We thank you, O oh God, for people who have been set free right now, who raised their hands to victory, who have decided to say, Yes, Jesus, I appreciate the shed blood, that experience, O oh God, that you offer to me. I thank you, Jesus, and I accept your invitation to join you in that great marriage supper. Oh God, bless those hands, those individuals. We look forward when they will make their official stand in the watery grave of baptism. And so God, as members of your people, we pray now that your Holy Spirit fall afresh on them in a manifold and powerful way. Keep them in 2012, oh God, because they have decided to serve you and follow you all the way. Now, as we enter into this session, into this holy communion, direct our minds, our thoughts we ask, in the name of Jesus, amen. amen. amen.